Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 62 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Are you smart? I mean, emotionally smart. There's a lot of talk about EQ, and we're going to add to that because we're going to discuss emotional intelligence and why it's important in this episode of Reinventure Me. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm Larry Gates. And I'm Armin Asadi. Hello, Armin. Hi, Larry. Hey, we've been working on this episode, getting ready to talk about emotional intelligence, and it's made me sad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just owning my feeling here. (laughs) Hey, this is the podcast for what's next in life. This is the Reinventure Me podcast, and we're here to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God's called you into. You know, we can't really go into new ventures and really understand some of the things that God's called us into unless we really understand some of how what the world around us is creating an effect for us. And that's part of our emotional intelligence, right? And that's exactly what we're going to talk about. And we are going to talk about that. We're going to find show notes for this episode on reinventure.me slash six two. It's a big deal. 62. Well, you know, we're going to say that every episode and people are just going to get tired of that. Hey, get on with it guys. No, it's, it's a big deal every week. time. It is a big deal. <laughs> All right. We're glad you're listening to this show. And we think it's a big deal, even, <laughs> even right. if you don't. So don't burst our bubble. Keep listening. That's right. We hope you'll find some good stuff here. We're going to start off with an Inspire Me quote, though. Yes, by the one and only Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor. And I'm sure people have heard this, but we're going to say it again. She said, to handle yourself, use your head. To handle others, use your heart. Come on. That's good. That's cross-cultural, cross-religion, cross-everything. I mean, this is a leadership tool people have used as this quote. It's an right. awesome quote. You know, yeah, you, you've talked about how widespread this quote was. Now I have to come out and say, I don't think I've ever heard that quote before. What? Yeah, right. A, a quote you haven't heard. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> I right? don't know. Every time I throw well, a quote. Well, surprises like, oh, me. It's yeah. from Eleanor Roosevelt, though. I mean, not that she's not capable of that quote. It's just I've heard a lot of her quotes, and I don't recall hearing that one. Really? Yeah, but I like it. It's First really time. right on. First time. I like this. You didn't know a quote? I think I'm going to mark this in my calendar. <laughs> well, there you go. One <laughs> up on me here. <laughs> hey, you know, there is so much about EQ that's out there, and I don't think there's a week that goes by or mean where I don't get some email in my inbox, Yeah, a blog post or some leadership post or something that doesn't mention EQ, emotional yeah. intelligence, yeah. or emotional quotient, or however it gets characterized. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's such a prevailing topic. We need to talk about it. I mean, what is it? And I think intuitively, until we prepared for this episode, I kind of knew what it was intuitively, but I didn't really know much about the structure of it. Right. No, it's a big deal. There is Fortune 100 companies who don't make a hire unless they pass the EQ test, and they have the interview process around the EQ 
that they got and based on responses, the role play. I mean, a lot of the decisions that these fortune companies are making is around EQ, even around their CEOs. When boards are making a decision on who the CEO is going to be, a big portion of it has become around EQ for whatever reason. So it's become a huge deal. That's probably why you're seeing it so much. Yeah, it's really gotten a lot of popularity and probably for good reasons. I mean, it's good to have high EQ. And we're going to talk about what that is in a minute. But before we dive into that, I just want to let our listeners know, we started doing the show prep for this show, thinking we're only going to do one show on emotional intelligence, realizing there's so much material here that we want to share (laughs) with you that we're going to do this in two episodes. And so this episode really is about what is emotional intelligence? How do you characterize it? And why is it important for us to know about it? And trust me, we're not even going to scratch the surface. (laughs) This is like the satellite flyover without a very good lens. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we'll be able to tell continents and water and clouds. (laughs) And that's probably about it. So if you want a deeper dive, I mean, there's a lot of literature out there. And of course, we're going to talk a little bit about that too. But let's talk about emotional intelligence and what it is. Okay. So there's two terms you're going to hear out there. You're going to hear emotional intelligence, which is EI, and you're going to hear the term EQ, which is emotional quotient. So your emotional intelligence is what describes an ability or capacity to perceive, assess, and manage the emotions of oneself and of others. EQ or emotional quotient is how one measures your emotional intelligence. Mm. It basically, it's the ability to understand ourselves and know what drives us and to see how we're perceived by others and really our relationship to others. It's all of that kind of emotional, squishy, soft, relational stuff Yep, that's often very difficult to quantify. It is. Now, as a theory, it goes all the way back to a couple of researchers in academia, Peter Salovey, who is now the president of Yale University, and John Mayer, who is a psychologist at the University of New Hampshire, had been working on an academic theory for quite some time. And their idea was, how does an understanding of the emotions actually help you increase your intelligence. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, this is a super interesting story. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, there's this guy who does a lot of science writing for the New York times, and he's getting ready to write a book about emotions. And he trips across in the literature, this (laughs) research on emotional intelligence. Yeah. And so he writes to Peter and to John, these two researchers, and basically says, Hey, I like your use of the term emotional intelligence. Do you mind if I borrow that for my book? And they're like, (laughs) sure, go ahead. And just give us credit, you know, for the name. <laughs> I don't think they had any idea that when Daniel Goleman would write Emotional Intelligence in 1995, that it would spend more than a year and a half on the New York Times bestseller list mm-hmm. and really redefine all of the research that Mayer and Salovey had been putting together. It was almost contradictory. Yeah, it's exactly. He took it in a direction that abstracted it far using their different. Terminology. Using their terminology far abstracted it from what it was originally set out to do. It's kind of an interesting story. We're going to have to post the link to the article about that. Anybody wants to kind of hear how popularization of a scientific idea has <laughs> oh uh, kind gosh. of run amok <laughs> yeah. and created a whole industry, a cottage industry right. that's really around Daniel Goleman's book and his subsequent follow-on now called Social Intelligence, mm-hmm. which he published about a decade later. And he you know, flies all over the world all advising over. the biggest companies. We ought to get him on this podcast, you know, yeah, and, and no rebuff everything we were <laughs> saying, you know. But kudos to him for yeah. researching that and also putting together a book that 
really resonated with what I think a lot of audiences wanted to hear about. <laughs> and, and unfortunately for the you know the academicians who were really spearheading the research, it didn't quite match up to what they originally right. had proposed as the idea. But nevertheless, still a lot of interesting stuff here. So we've defined kind of what it is. There's a little bit of that history that's kind of interesting. And of course, it's always interesting when there's a little controversy yeah. involved. I mean, could you imagine you coming up with all these terminologies, all this work you do on the study, and then you lend it to someone and he uses all your terminologies to destroy years of research well, that you put in. <laughs> what's ironic about this is that you got to wonder, I mean, how did these guys react? You know, so you kind of want to know. <laughs> right. they're, they're, the whole, they're the ones that have the high EQ or at least studying, IQ, yeah. you know, the EQ stuff, right? Yeah. And emotional intelligence. And so you got to wonder, I don't think I would take that very well, you know, mm-hmm. because here's this guy making gazillions. Oh <laughs> and my gosh, yeah. I'm sure these guys have their own notoriety. They're probably driven by different metrics anyway. But well, when you just yeah. look at, you took our idea and you kind of rebranded it and kind of did your thing with Destroyed it. Destroyed our research. Uh, it's all what happens, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how things happen. So we get a little kind of fun background on emotional intelligence and how it originated and also what it's about and just really understanding how we relate to others and how we self-perceive ourselves and how we manage our emotional environment. But let's talk about why that's important in what we're doing. Yeah, so I'm actually going to read something that I thought explains the importance of EQ in a nutshell pretty well. This is, I think, from Daniel Goldman himself when he was interviewed by Forbes. Here's what he said. It says, when emotional intelligence first appeared to the masses in 1995, it served as the missing link in a peculiar finding. People with average IQs outperformed those with the highest IQs 70% of the time. This anomaly threw a massive wrench into what many people had always assumed was the sole source of success, IQ. Decades of research now point to emotional intelligence as the critical factor that sets star performers apart from the rest of the pack. Now, that is a huge statement, and there was a lot of research that went behind this to get this analysis of figuring out who's outperforming who. And even now, you're starting to see a lot of Ivy League schools kind of throwing out this whole idea of high SAT scores, high ACT scores as being indicated to any form of future success. And they're putting attention on other things that are more behavior-based rather than just academic-based. Emotional intelligence, they're trying to basically say, is a greater indicator or one of the greatest indicators of individual success over an individual's intelligence or IQ. So why is it important that it becomes a big indicator of what kind of success that you can have? And it's not success just defined as how much money you can have or what kind of title you can have in a corporation, but success in the personal relationships, whether it's with your spouse, your close friends, your business relationships or otherwise. But it's saying that having emotional quotient or high emotional quotient is an indicator of how you can have successful relationships all around you and not just in the business world. You know, in some ways, it just seems like the world is coming up or validating things that are just highly intuitive. And, you know, for those of us who read our Bibles, we know that it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Now, if that isn't a definition of emotional intelligence, I don't know what is. Right on. And so we're just now coming up to speed with that's what success is all about. It's it's if you possess these things, hmm. you know, then you become successful. And yet the Bible said all along, hey, that's what living by the Spirit really means. Hmm. And you possess those things, you become a person who is attractive. And attractive people are people that are 
easier to work with. They're people that give of themselves. They're people that empathize with others. They're people that look to solve common problems. They're not out there after their own interests. Mm -hmm. And all these things, it seems to me like that's what we ought to be aspiring to as people, right? But we'll spend millions of dollars, we'll conduct all these research, and we'll say, hey, guess what? If you've got a person like that, they're going to be more successful. And so I just kind of find some of this being just a little bit ironic, you know. Right. But it is a good reminder, I think, for each of us that, you know, some of the things that are most intuitive, perhaps in terms of relational, are the one things that are going to make a difference in our lives. Far often, we spend more time thinking about having subject matter expertise that we don't think about having relational matter expertise. Right. You know, we've talked a lot in this episode, in the episodes of Reinventure Me, about if we want to get to a new transition or new doing something different, pivoting in place, all those episodes that we talked about, learning to become a new beginner, all that stuff is about subject matter expertise. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're talking about relational expertise. Right. And even our networking episode, which was, I think, really one of our better episodes, which is about relational expertise, mm-hmm. right? Building that bridge, making yourself the person who's going to give out to your network so that you can get something in return. And in order to do that, you have to have high emotional intelligence because you've got to realize at some point in time that it's not all about you. Wow, yeah. That's the empathy, and you're looking out for what's in the interest of others. Right. And all that seems to characterize what good emotional intelligence is about. So if you want to hear irony, here's the funny thing. I first heard about EQ from working at a church and working with one of the largest churches in America. And EQ constantly was a conversation that's had. Mm-hmm. Here's the ironic part of it. The reason I said, wow, it was a genuine wow. <laughs> it wasn't a, like a wired reaction, but in the six, seven years or six years, I was talking about this emotional quotient thing. Nobody's ever brought up the point of the fruits of the spirit. Mm. You're the first person to bring that up. These are people who literally consult other churches on how to hire people, how to look for it, how to increase it, how to coach people on it. Nobody's ever pointed out the fruit. Well, it's not really a new concept, is it? It's not. (laughs) Nobody's ever pointed that out. It's this revolutionary thinking. (laughs) Right. But you're the first person to point out the fruit of the spirit. It's there. (laughs) That's amazing. That's what I find fascinating about it. So you get these two researchers that have put a lot of time in trying to understand from a very academic perspective Mm -hmm. how this all works, how the interplay of good self-awareness about your emotional state can enhance your emotions. And then you get another guy coming along and building all this framework around it. And really, none of that is knowledge that anybody really has possessed prior to this time anyway. So it became popular in 1995 when Goldman's book hit the New York Times bestselling list. But it's been around for a couple thousand years. Yeah, (laughs) say the least, right? Of course, I don't think the Bible puts it in the same five categories, though. No. (laughs) That Goldman does. (laughs) Why don't you talk about that? Okay, so... There are five categories, and those five categories are very quickly self-awareness, self-regulation, internal motivation, empathy, and social skills. So very quickly, and Larry just said it too, we're just going to talk about what these things are so you can have an understanding of emotional intelligence and emotional quotient and creating awareness of the test and what you need to look for in terms of what's in you and what applies to you in terms of your own emotional intelligence. And then the next episode, we'll talk about how to raise your emotional intelligence. Yeah. Well, one of the hardest ones is this first one, really, which is self-awareness. And that's really your own ability to recognize when 
an emotion is occurring within mm-hmm. you. This is a continuum and there's degrees of this, right? right? So you can experience something, right? And then after the fact, you go, oh, well, I was really angry and I flew off, you know, the handle mm-hmm. and you get your mental state about it when you're there or sadness or whatever the emotion right. might be. And that's the self-awareness. Or you can get to the point where the next level up would be where you're starting to see in the moment that it's happening or you know that it's happened or very quickly thereafter right. you know that it's happened. And maybe the first step is that really you don't even are aware of it at all, Yeah, right? You yeah. just have no clue. The second would be where you become aware of it right after it happens. The third would be that you're becoming aware of it when it happens. Yes. And the highest level of self-awareness is that you become aware of it before it happens. Right. So you know that you're going to get into that situation, you're going to get triggered. Mm-hmm. You know, a classic case of this is like you go home for a family holiday, for instance, and you know the certain dynamics in your family are going to be such that you're going to get upset, you yep. know? Yeah, absolutely. So when you know that ahead of time, then you can build the guards in it to do that. But that's just basically self-awareness. you got to have that framework. If you don't have that framework, you're not going to advance in your own development of your EQ. Yeah. For a simple example, what that awareness piece is, is same example as Larry's giving. It's when you walk into a family situation and you know there's a trigger that's going to cause you to be angry. So if they're talking about your relationship with your spouse or something like that, you know that that conversation always just leads you to just being ticked off. So as soon as that conversation starts happening, you know that your emotional response is going to be anger. So knowing that now you start going to that self-awareness mode and saying, all right, rather than allowing me to get angry, because I know as soon as I get angry, my next response is to react emotionally abusively because that's how I feel. And I say things that I regret. I make the situation worse, not help it. And it just keeps being a cycle. You remind me of a cartoon I saw with a marriage counselor and (laughs) and a husband and wife robots. Okay. (laughs) And he says, your problem is that you know how to push each other's buttons. (laughs) (laughs) right on you know that's really what it is when you have that self-awareness you know what buttons are going to be pushed and that's really the right the key of that what's the second thing here and just one more point it's uh, hurt people hurt people right you've heard that thing that self-awareness of your emotions is kind of that puts a stop to that so just because you're hurt doesn't mean you have to hurt that person and that's what this emotional intelligence does it's intelligently stops these bad types of environments and atmospheres and the second part of self-awareness is self-confidence A lot of times you're in a situation where you walk in, maybe you sit down with a Larry Gates and you're not sure how you can handle this because he's so far ahead of you like I did, but you're not sure of yourself because you don't know who you are. You don't know how valuable you really are and it affects your self-confidence in the situation that you walk into. And the more aware of yourself you can be, the more confident you can be. And if you don't know something just being aware of that actually gives you confidence to say, hey, I don't know anything about that, Mm -hmm. where you don't pretend to know anything. Mm -hmm. So a big piece of this whole self-awareness thing does lead into your self-confidence. Yeah. So beyond that, going into the next point is Mm self-regulation. Self-regulation is, we kind of touched on it, but it's when you're experiencing an emotion, it's how you're going to react during that emotion while it's happening. Yeah, it's your ability to self-control and to cause yourself to de-escalate yes and to put a flak jacket on for instance you know Mm -hmm. just think of becoming resilient to things that might trigger you yep and cause you to get really agitated yeah so i mean think about it i mean finish a sentence every time i get depressed i 
do this, whatever this is, right? So some people, every time I get depressed... Start shopping on Amazon. Right. Or, <laughs> you know, or it leads to addictions that they're a part of, right? right? They start drinking, they start smoking, they sure. start whatever, popping pain pills or whatever it is. But it's that self-regulation saying, I know when I'm in this moment of emotion that I'm going to lead to this, but because I'm aware of it, rather than going to this, I'm going to go into something else. Yeah, so you have self-awareness, which is a recognition of where you're at, and then regulation is what you do to keep yourself from getting into worse shape. Right on. And obviously, there's a lot of self-regulation techniques, and we'll talk about that in the next episode. Mm -hmm. And when we get to that next episode, we'll give you those techniques, we'll give you some examples of what you can do so that when you walk into that emotional situation, whether it's anger, anxiety, depression, or whatever it might be, that you have something to apply to regulate that emotion rather than falling victim to your own emotion. Mm -hmm. Third thing is internal motivation. Internal motivation, this is to motivate yourself for any achievement Obviously, it requires some clear goals and a positive attitude. But some of us are predispositioned to either a positive or a negative attitude. So you can learn with good effort to practice how to think more positively. If you can catch negative thoughts as they occur, you can reframe them in a more positive way, which will help you achieve your goals. So motivation is typically things that are built on the goals that you have, the achievements that you want to make, whatever you define as your success. Not everybody defines success the same way, but it's being able to take your attitude and put a positive spin on it rather than just having a negative attitude in terms of, you know, hey, I didn't achieve this goal, so everything is falling apart, or I don't know this, so I can't do this, or mm -hmm. whatever it is. It's that fixed mindset versus growth yep. mindset, right? Yeah, and I think a big component of the internal motivation here for a high EQ is when you're intrinsically motivated, and it isn't by external rewards such as status or power or money, right. but you're motivated by your own value system. And when you're well self-defined, when you have a good definition of who you are and where you're trying to go and what you're trying to accomplish in life, when you have that kind of internal motivation that gets you there, rather than being externally motivated by pleasing people or what their desires might be for yeah. you or the external trappings that might show that you're successful. So you don't need an external frame in order to validate who you are. That right. is good emotional intelligence. Right on. Absolutely. This whole internal motivation, it's all about the way that you set your own commitment levels and your own initiatives and your own optimism. And it's just a way of you identifying where you're at with your emotional intelligence. Fourth piece is empathy. So this is just the ability to recognize how people feel and why it's important to the success of your life. So in the business world, you see a lot of managers who get ahead by just killing some projects that they're a part of. They just absolutely do amazing jobs. They By killing, you mean doing well with well, it rather sorry, than slashing the project. Yeah, right? yeah. Just yeah, I'm millennial. Sorry, killing is a good <laughs> yeah, thing. Uh, yeah, like we had this discussion the other day with my kids. Like sick means good. Sick means good, yeah. Crushing it means really doing well. Yeah. Killing it is the same as crushing it. Crushing right? it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's black is now white. Okay. Exactly. Get it. <laughs> Education from a millennial. There you go. <laughs> So yeah, there's a lot of managers that have gone up in the ranks and businesses for such a long time by just doing so extraordinarily well on these projects. They communicate well to their upper lines and all these you know, VPs keep promoting them. 
But a lot of times what they're realizing is just because they do a great job on the projects, the people below them hate them. Mm -hmm. They never want to work for them again, but they just look good to the CEO. Yeah, they're able to manage upward well. They can't manage downward well. And empathy is one of those really critical skills to develop as a component of emotional intelligence because when you can enter into how someone else is feeling, Mm -hmm. you help them better understand and process their emotions as well, enabling them to get out from them more quickly because you're identifying with them and it triggers this psychological effect is known of mirror neurons you know when we see someone in a particular way the mirror neurons kick in and we start to feel the same way now Mm -hmm. that can also work when you can help coach someone in a way that helps them identify what they're experiencing and helps coach them out anna was very good at this for me when we first got married i was not very emotionally aware I knew something was off, but I didn't know what. Wow. And Anna has a huge uh, empathy capacity. Her EQ is just off the charts. Oh, wow. But she was able to help because she's very good at empathy, was able to help me get a handle on what was going on inside of me that I had no words to describe. Right. I just knew something was messed up. Hmm. And because she was able to come along in an unhurried way, really, really helped me there. Wow. Well, the last thing is what? Social skills. Yeah, social skills. So this is just development of good interpersonal skills. It's a way of expanding beyond our normal social, which is Facebook and Twitter, mm-hmm. which is right. just putting... That's our, not what we're talking about. Yeah. Here. We're not talking about social media skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even though your social media skills are crushing it on a daily basis, Larry. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but social skills are chalked up under things like influence. Can you influence people in a healthy way to make decisions that they'd be happy with making, right? Yeah. Not just you'd be happy with them making. I think a key word here is rapport. Rapport is, yeah, trust. Yeah, how do you build rapport and trust and influence with other people? Would you say that you're isolated or would you say that you've got a strong community of people that you build rapport around? Mm -hmm. And so this fifth area of emotional intelligence is really your ability to build on those skills. Yeah, so communicating clearly because clarity is a big part of that trust. Your leadership, are you inspiring or are you manipulating? Can you initiate change, be the catalyst to change and manage that change without forcing it on people? Conflict, that's a huge one. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Your ability to handle conflict, to understand, negotiate, and resolve disagreements, that is a big big part of social skills, something that would be very good indicator of your ability to be successful in anything that you're involved with, building bonds, collaborating, cooperating with each other, and just team capabilities. Those are all things that are factored into your social skills. So so we have five components then of emotional intelligence, and you can probably understand now why we felt we needed to do this in two episodes, because just to get through what emotional intelligence means has taken a whole episode, but just for a quick review, the first one is self-awareness, and that's your ability to diagnose yourself in terms of the emotions that you're feeling in a given situation. The second is self-regulation, which allows you to have self-control or how you express yourself in the midst of feeling those emotions in whatever situation you're in. And then the internal motivation, which is your internal intrinsic motivators that you have in your life, the things that are driving you to do things that are not necessarily just responsive to other people's wishes for you or accumulation of things that might be trappings of success or tied to your identity from an external way. And then fourth would be empathy, which is your ability to 
enter into how somebody else is experiencing life and a situation and express not just compassion for them, but a true understanding in a way that they feel like you're walking along with them. And then the fifth area is social skills. We just talked about where you have the ability there to develop a rapport and trust with those people that you work with or interact with. And those are the five components of emotional intelligence that are typically referred to when yeah. you look at the literature out there. Right. Well, let's talk about a challenge me in all this. How can we apply this in a way that even though this is kind of an introductory to EQ, how can we apply it in a way that would help us take it a little further? Right. So there's a core principle here with EQ is that your relationships are not going to work if you don't understand yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a responsibility you have that if success doesn't create loving relationships and happiness, then what does? Mm-hmm. Being responsible for the love and happiness of your life is what emotional intelligence is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. how many successful people do we know that are miserable and on occasionally happy maybe? So if we drop this meme of happiness as a function of success and turn it around and understand that happiness and love are the way to success, then let's look at this self-awareness thing and do a self-awareness exercise here for the challenge me. Sounds good. So what situations or people are most likely to trigger an emotional response which stresses you out or is more difficult to manage for you? Mm. So I'm going to say that one more time because this is the challenge and it's a self-awareness exercise. What situations or people are most likely to trigger an emotional response which stresses you out or is more difficult for you to manage? Let's just try to figure that and write that down or note it somewhere because doing simple exercises like this is what helps you become more self-aware. And that self-awareness piece is a huge part of your emotional intelligence. And it's a great way for you to raise your EQ. Yeah. And that's a great one because it helps you identify where are the possible trouble spots in my life, the people or situations where I might lose it or be triggered mm-hmm. and helps you build up some defenses around that. On our next episode of Reinventure Me, we're going to talk about some of those specific defenses that you can build up and some of the things that you can do to increase your EQ. And we hope that you found this show helpful, at least in giving you an overview about what EQ is about. We'd love for you to leave us a comment or a question on our show at reinventure.me slash 62. And of <laughs> course, we want to have you leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher and that you can find the links at reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. But, Armin, yes. we love to hear their voice too, don't we? Yes. And that's You call can do us. that. Tell us. Call us. 612-314-5447 is our show line. We will be back next week with the second half of this show where we'll talk about how to grow your EQ on the next episode of Reinventure Me. Until then, this is Larry Gates. And Armin Asadi. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.